0: Welcome to Fandom Femmes. We are two queer femme nerds of color that aim to take your favorite convention diversity panel and turn it into a year-round conversation. I'm Justine.
1: And I'm Noelle. And welcome to episode two.
0: How are you feeling, Sepsis? What's up?
1: I am honestly feeling a bit overwhelmed this week, but I'm kind of possibly getting back into the groove of taking care of myself but you know honestly when I'm feeling this way I kind of drown myself in anime and right now I mean
0: it's a cartoon
1: but I've been watching Legend of Korra so (laughs) I've just been binging
0: that like crazy whenever I feel sad oh my god amazing so how are you feeling Yeah, so thanks for asking. Uh, I'm feeling pretty overwhelmed as well, honestly, and uh, just like a lot of work and stuff, but it actually made me, in a a weird way, look forward to today's episode because Mm. today we're going to be doing a lot of expelling negative energy, (laughs) we're going to be putting good vibes out into the universe, we're going to, you know, try to... Put our imagination um, out into the world and make it run wild. Because today we are going to be reimagining convention culture. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. (laughs) So (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) I don't know. But what does that mean? What does it mean to reimagine convention culture? So when Noelle and I were conceiving the idea, conceiving. Oh my god, we're having babies. Yeah, an idea, baby. When um, this, when we were talking about what we wanted to talk about in this podcast, uh, we began to reflect on all the different parts of our fandom experience, and a huge part of our fandom experience, the element actually that brought the two of us together was conventions and because of the global pandemic that we're in right now um, a lot of the conventions that we looked forward to this year that we looked forward to attending and seeing all of our friends to performing at were postponed indefinitely or canceled altogether so we thought that we would use this um kind of meantime while uh the world is healing and everything to radically reimagine what we would like to see from convention culture uh when we come back so kind of going back to what i was saying earlier like as the world around us is healing what would we like to see what are some of the elements of convention culture that we would like to see healed when we return to um our our regularly scheduled convention lineup for the year. So yeah, let's go ahead and get started. Um, Before we begin, I just also kind of wanted to give a content warning. We will be talking a little bit about um, things like uh, harassment, um, really negative convention experiences. We're going to be touching upon topics like misogyny, sexism, homophobia, body shaming, just to name a few. Uh, But before we begin, we will Uh, be intentional about mentioning the particular content warning before we start talking. So, yeah, Steph Sis, do you kind of want to start us off with the first thing that we kind of wanted to radically reimagine? Yeah, so... uh, (laughs) A common
1: struggle as a femme in fandom is harassment (laughs) yeah yeah, yeah. i feel like all the femmes listening or honestly anybody even if you're not even in cosplay just walking down the street this is a very common struggle we have to deal with and that we have to process our all by ourselves and yeah consistently yeah. go through
0: yeah most definitely and um We've kind of like kind of like what you've touched on before. This is something that happens, you know, IRL as well Um, in in our outside of the convention realm. It's definitely something really prevalent for those of us who don't present cisgender straight or male. Uh, It's a really sad reality that we have to face. So what can that look like or what has that looked like for you in the convention landscape?
1: Uh, yeah, for me, a lot of the times it's like offhand comments or things. Honestly, men I'm saying men, <laughs> <laughs> period, uh, <clears throat> just don't have to say but decide that it's a good idea to say anyway. For mm. example, instead of complimenting my cosplay, they'll compliment my body or. Mm. Mm, say things that they would want to do with me, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. I never, that was not even a part of the conversation. What's even crazy is how they have that as an opening statement sometimes. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, no, that's not why I'm here. I yeah. don't exist
0: for this. No, I totally hear you. Noelle and I, and also other cosplayers, put a lot of hard work into our looks for. The convention period uh, whether it's uh financial resources building or purchasing our cosplay whether it's the effort we put into making our makeup look good um to doing our hair to styling our wigs we put a lot of effort into that and i think it's really great when people stop us and acknowledge that if people mm-hmm. want to take a picture of us or with us that would be that's amazing and i feel super flattered when people ask me for pictures and kind of going back to episode 0 it's a part of noelle's and my cosplay journey because we liked that type of attention we liked the spotlight we got when we were in cosplay and that's really fueled was a part of what fueled our love for it mm-hmm. you know but that's the key word um in this particular situation asking mm-hmm. it's okay and we love when people ask us for those things because asking is like the bare minimum for me of acknowledging somebody's humanity and personhood. Mm -hmm. Because when you're at the zoo, you don't ask the capybara to take pictures of like when it's like, I don't know, like swimming in a lake or whatever. Did you know the capybara is like the largest rodent on earth? Yeah. But anyways, (laughs) you don't, (laughs) you don't ask the capybara because the capybara is not capable of consent. You know, we are human beings and we are capable of consent. So, you know, There's nothing wrong with wanting pictures as long as you ask. Right. And yeah, and like kind of piggybacking off of that, once you get the consent to take a picture with somebody, it doesn't mean that you get to do whatever you want in that picture. You still have to ask too. Yeah. I've had situations where people have – people I didn't know have straight up um, like grabbed their hands like around my waist um, in like in a picture and – uh, or, it's like, some people have just kind of assumed that they could do things, like, to me, like, in a picture, like, without really asking. Yeah, like, you're a doll but, or something. Exactly. Like, I'm a mannequin. And I'm just like, yeah. no, hello, capable of consent. Hashtag not a capybara. Hashtag, Hashtag no- not a capybara. <gasps> Hashtag, no cav. No, ha- no cav. No capybara. Hashtag no cat. No
1: capybara. <laughs> okay (laughs) i'm dead sorry that was just too funny
0: to pass out y'all it's been a long day so (laughs) we're processing this together we're on this journey yeah so um yeah so we're queer we're not going anywhere anyways so um yeah so that's that's the whole part kind of like asking and everything um and i know when we were talking about this episode and planning for it um Noelle you've mentioned that folks have kind of kind of going back to what you were saying too about complimenting you like you like your physical person rather than the work that you wanted to display like without for example like it would be different complimenting somebody's wig styling or complimenting somebody's like cosplay is different than making comments about their body so right or even with-
1: something very general like oh my god i love sue like your cosplay or like like you look great
0: you know like even if it's like general mm-hmm. like
1: not like like your legs look really good in that like
0: hello Has- people have said that to you like oh god that's or gross. like
1: like commenting on like the the height of my skirt you know like i don't give a shit but also stop <laughs> yeah
0: yeah and then i'm like okay but look at all of this other stuff that is a part of my cosplay of all the cool things that are going on here right you comment on my skirt or my titties you know yeah or my lack and- thereof <laughs> <laughs> yeah and like this is actually something that because we also put an ask out to our listeners uh, about what kind of things that they would like to radically reimagine, and we wanted to put this at the beginning because this is a part of not only changing the minds of individual people but also the culture as a whole. Uh-huh. Because something else that kind of we weren't—I wouldn't say that I was surprised by the the similarities of the things that. Um, made us uncomfortable that made us uncomfortable like me and Noelle and also that uh, our listeners wanted to change it didn't surprise me that they were so similar but it was really eye-opening in that sense because I'm like wow like I'm not the only person that went through this that really sucks like even though I know I'm not alone it really sucks that I'm not the only one who's like that experiences harassment as a part of their convention experience.
1: Yeah. And it's sad that it has to be like, it's not a surprise. Like it's sad that like I, that's something expected that we expected that. And I feel like even though it's like, oh, you know, it's, it's beyond our control. That's just how it is. Like, I don't think it has to be that way. You know, like, I feel like because we're a community, like we've talked about, like we have the power to shape, how we treat each other i mean yeah we can't control people like puppets or like with blood bending but like <laughs> we as a community can step up against you know like these harassers and educate them you know even though it yeah. it, it can be mentally uh, <laughs> uh, taxing taxing burdensome but
0: uh i not it's a part of the work if that's what we want to accomplish, right? Yeah, seriously. And, like, another thing, too, is folks might be easy to say things like, oh, well, how would conventions enforce that? Or, like, what type of, how would conventions police that or anything? Um, Yes, conventions, to some degree, do have the power to uh, control certain, like, logistical elements and like put rules in place and um, enforce certain policies yes but like a cultural shift happens within a community yep and the convention convention leaders though they're a part of it they aren't the only force that can change things yeah like it needs to come from everywhere like you were saying noelle so yeah thanks for that yeah um can i actually add Really quick. Go ahead.
1: Um, so, when we're talking about taking photos without asking, is normally like, say, Oh, can I take a photo with you? And you're like, Yeah, sure. Normally, like, that's like the opening to a conversation, which it also builds community. Like, Oh, cool. And then after you take the photo, you're like, Oh, like, have you watched this? Like, Yeah, me too. Like, that's really cool. That's community building, right? But if you're just like, Snap, walks away, like, that's just weird. Like, that's not a community thing. That's like a weird thing passing by like a, a
0: picture drive by like yeah that's not uh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's strangely objectifying too because like when you were it is objectifying as well at least that's how I'm taking it because like what you said when you ask for a photo with somebody when someone asks to take a picture of you or like of your cosplay it provides a window to a conversation mm-hmm. and when someone wants to converse with you that means they want to get to know who you are as a person mm. When someone does a photo drive by, <laughs> they don't care who you are. Nope. They just saw to me, without reads, is like, oh my God, pretty girl in the cosplay. I'm gonna take a picture of this and keep it on my phone and have no idea who this person is. Yeah, and then you know what, what I mean? are they gonna
1: do with it? Like, okay, I know some people like will post cool cosplays that they've seen at, at like conventions on their feeds and like that's cool and all, but like one credit them, please. So therefore mm-hmm. you have to talk to them. Like, mm-hmm. if you're not going to talk to them and photo drive by them, you're not giving credit to the cosplayer. Also, mm-hmm. like, it. why do you just have pictures of people on your feet? Like, random people. Random people. I mean, do No, don't do that. Like, I was going to, I'm not going to say to do that. But I was gonna, like, do what you want. But like, but at the same time, it's like, uh, cosplayers are artists, you know, like they. Yeah. And also they just enjoy what they do and that I feel like they should be credited and then all besides clout you, that would you also ask for their consent to post it like yeah even say if I asked you hey just uh I don't know your name yet hi can I take a picture of your cosplay yeah sure awesome beep oh cool what, um would you be okay with me posting this on my social media
0: oh yeah sure like what's your handle I and then
1: switch, uh, exchange, switch phones, beep, 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 switch phones ex- exchange We're social so media ha- handles. <laughs> beep, 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 bop, bop. Oh, cool. Thank you so much. Like, I'll definitely tag you. Yeah. Have a good con. You too. See how wholesome that was? And how easy. How easy that was. It's just so, hey, what's your thing? Oh, also, can I post it? Asking consent to put their face
0: on the interweb. Yeah. And... no yeah i totally feel you yeah and like um thank you for bringing that um that part up about how you know cosplayers are artists like i was saying before we worked hard to look this good Mm -hmm. so like if you're going to take a picture of it and you're going to put it on the internet like we want other people to celebrate how hard we worked as well Mm -hmm. so like of course like tag us you know Um, And the whole thing you were saying earlier where it's like, okay, like you could do what you want. Yeah. Like people can do whatever they want, but like, it's different when another person is involved because they also have to say, okay. Yep. It's yeah. Again, it's like the basis of consent. Personhood. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. exactly. Yo, this is like consent one. This, this episode is going to turn into consent (laughs) one with Justine and Noelle. Let's do it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, and um, I kind of wanted... That's actually a pretty good segue, too, about um, we've talked about this whole thing about how others should be asking cosplayers to take photos. Um, or, like, people should ask, like, oh, can I hug you? Or, like, oh, can I... Um, like, are you cool with me, like, putting in my arm around you, like, in this picture? And they ha- right. giving people the space to say yes or no. That That's one thing, mm-hmm. you know? But also another... Asking, we've seen in this convention circuit is people dressing a certain way are asking for a certain treatment and they shouldn't complain about otherwise. For example, another thing that I remember you brought up when we were planning this episode was people, specifically like femmes, like femme presenting people, mm-hmm. um, wearing cosplay that shows a lot of skin. Yeah. Yeah. And how if they are touched, Or they are harassed, it is because of what they're wearing. Yeah, that just makes me fume because that that
1: feels like rape culture, doesn't it? Like, like, yeah, it is rape. Like, straight up, like, oh, because of what you were wearing, like, you were asking for it. Like, absolutely not. Did you hear the words come out of my fucking mouth? Like, I can speak, I can say, no, thank you. (laughs) Actually, Mm -hmm. no, thank you. No, thank you. Just no. <laughs> <laughs> no. Yeah, and it's just like, um, like say for example, my Rico cosplay is the one that had like a very short skirt. Like say when people did want to take photos with me, like normally we would both be like in a fighting stance because my character is a warrior, right? Yes. Hmm. But if not, like for some reason, also it was a crop top, so it was um yeah. a crop top into a short skirt. Which mm-hmm. I think, out of a lot of cosplays, still covered a lot of skin because, like, <laughs> I I had a long sleeve sailor sailor shirt on, but, uh, like you know, it. I just really, I know it's just not me because same with you, Sis. But like when they put your their hand, you know, on your waist, and it's like. And it's on my skin, and I'm like, someone's hand and skin is on my waist skin that I don't know that I don't know you at all. I don't know where your hands have been, and it's not even just like germs, but it's just like, uh that's like, I I know some people think like, oh, it's just your waist, it's not a big deal, but I don't know for me, and I feel like for other femmes, like it's kind of like an intimate area, like, uh, it's more of like what a partner would do with you Mm -hmm. you know like say for especially with strangers like I don't know if you've heard of this like or like church hugs like Mm a-frame hugs the side hug hug. yeah like yeah like touch my shoulder like that's not commonly an intimate place (laughs) you know like like out of all the places you had to put your your hand on my skin
0: like "Ah!" (laughs) (laughs) yeah Oh, I totally hear you. And like that's another thing too cuz like when you were mentioning, you know, for you that's in like that's an intimate area. Like just because other people don't think it it's an intimate area, if it's intimate for you, it's an intimate area. Period. Yeah. Mm. Someone might feel like and like an a-frame hug isn't is isn't too close. Yeah. And you don't know what I'm, that is for them unless you ask. Yep. So that's why you have to ask, seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And um, kind of going into that too, you know, like I found it really interesting when you also said, um, like, I want to say, or for example, when you said, no, thank you, and then you took it back and you're like, no, I want to say no, like period, mm-hmm. that's it. Like no sugarcoating, no, thank you. It it really harkened back to, and it really reminded me of why a lot of people aren't more firm with it because definitely in sharing my experiences with other folks about how people have touched me like at conventions or like people have made comments about me or how I've been catcalled like in and out of cosplay people have kind of kind of brushed it off and they've encountered it where it's like well why didn't you do anything about it like why didn't you just say no like why didn't you push them off of you like did you you must have liked it a little bit. Oh you Yeah. I hate Gross. Oh my God. Yeah. But like, and that's the thing too, because a huge thing that's also overlooked is the potential dangers that come with saying no. Yeah. There were definitely like situations where somebody was getting a little bit too comfortable. Um like yeah. I'll share, I'll share a story. So me and Noelle were um at a convention. And we were cosplaying as Marvel characters, and we had performed uh, at an after party for the convention. And we were mingling with a couple of folks like after our performance. And there was this guy who was chatting us up, and they were complimenting our performance. And we were like, Oh, yeah, you know, cool. Thank you so much. Mm -hmm. Like, thanks, thanks for all of that. But it didn't stop there. Um, He started asking what. What we did for work outside of this, where we live, where we live exactly, and there are ways we've learned, and and it's a part of like mm. our socialization, like as femmes, like we've learned how to let someone down and kind of get the point across without putting ourselves in danger. But right. sometimes, even when you do that, they don't get the hint. In this example, they were asking like, "Oh, so like where like where are you based right now?" And I'm like, oh, like Orange County. And they're like, oh, but like OC's big, like, where in OC? And I'm just like, mm, hello. <laughs> yeah. And then they started asking, like, again, like, what, what do we do for work? And what I wanted to say, what I should have felt empowered to say in that moment, was, yeah, you know, like, I don't really feel comfortable with that question. So yeah. I just don't feel comfortable answering that question. Did you answer it? No. No. That's good. I, I just started uh, laughing it off. And here, uh, I can you. Really <laughs> wait, wait, I
1: feel like I was there.
0: <laughs> you, were, you were there, girl. Yeah, you were I was there. right there, right? Because I
1: remember, like, I think we just both started laughing. Did I, I feel like I've pulled you away multiple
0: times. Yeah, there have been times where... And, and that's another thing, too, I guess, where when we go into these spaces, especially with... Like, looking the way that we do, presenting our gender identity the way that we do. Noelle and I know to look out for each other. Yeah. Because that's what we have to do. Yeah. Noelle and I know that we can't separate um, when we go out in public because we need to look out for uh, for each other because of the potential danger that could happen if we were separated. Yeah. You know? I remember um, actually
1: that night, um, mm-hmm. you put your mm-hmm. drink down, I believe. And I stood next to it <laughs> oh, <very well. laughs> because I was like, absolutely not. I think you went to the bathroom mm-hmm. and I was, like, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was like, Oh yeah. this is not yeah. like safe um, because, yeah, we were performing in a club. It was a club setting mm-hmm. um, f- mm-hmm. for that after party. And so, um, you know, I, I feel like especially in those settings, people tr- get real comfortable in even though yeah. we're like performers, professionals and also just women. So yeah. like yeah it it was it, they were, also I feel like wasn't he like kind of invading your personal space a bit like he kept he getting, getting close. really close and yeah I was I was uncomfortable for you. I was like this is I'm going
0: to keep an eye on them because this is not okay. Yeah. And like at first you think like oh well there's a lot of people in this club. You know what I mean? Like oh well like it's a convention. There's like no space period. So we're all close to each other. But then You know, from an auxiliary point of view, you start to notice those things. You know, it gets harder to assume good intentions when the landscape is so dangerous. And what finally got him to get the idea that we didn't want to disclose any personal information to this person was the fact that he kept asking like, oh, like, where do you live? What do you do? I So it was me. uh, Noelle was dressed as Black Widow. I was a Captain Marvel. And our friend Joe was Thor. And we, I was like, oh yeah, well, um, I worked on this like military project called Pegasus. So yeah, I like spent a lot of time like out in the desert and stuff. You know, I pointed to Noelle. Yeah, she spent a lot of time in Russia too. But yeah, right assassinating now fascinating kind of like, bitches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know she's been like tra- like practicing martial arts since she was very young, and uh, you know she's a god. So. <laughs> um, <laughs> And, and it was
1: like a ha ha, ha let's walk yeah. away
0: now. <laughs> yeah, and like the fact that it's, it's frustrating that all the labor to protect ourselves has to be on us. We can't simply just be forthcoming and direct with what we want because of we fear for our safety, you mm-hmm. know? Because like I said, I could have just been like, no, you're making me uncomfortable, I'm leaving. But I can't, you know, because I'm afraid – because of the potential danger. Someone can follow me to my car. Right. Someone can, um, you know, I can go to the bathroom and someone can be waiting out there for me. Right. You know, like, there's all that potential danger. And kind of on that too, like, there have been multiple examples of this happening. And like, one that we wanted to highlight in this episode happened at a, lo- a convention that's local to us, Anime Los Angeles, last year in 2019. Mm-hmm. So what happened was there was a person who was pursuing a cosplayer uh trying to pursue them romantically Mm -hmm. and after the cosplayer turned them down because they were in a monogamous relationship the or like because they were in a monogamous relationship and simply because maybe they didn't even like him that way the reasoning behind the rejection doesn't really matter but what became of it is that this person felt so wronged in that sense and so deprived that they set her car on fire and as a result set the surrounding cars yeah, on like fire seven, as well. seven cars. Seven cars, yeah. And so when people say like, oh, well, you could have just said no or why didn't you just say something? This is what happens when you say something. And that's, and that's, so that's a real scary, danger, especially like yeah. hearing
1: those things. And I feel like also, I, it's kind of sad to say, but I feel like, this type of attitude is very common with convention community anime community i'm not saying all cis men are like this in the community but
0: it's common unfortunately
1: mm-hmm. would you
0: agree oh yeah definitely and i think like outside of convention culture as well just the identity of being cis and straight and male Gives you a lot of privilege. Mm-hmm. There's nothing wrong with identifying as a cis straight man. But what comes with that is you need to be able to recognize one, recognize the types of opportunity and privilege that that offers you. Mm-hmm. You can navigate the world in a lot different and like beneficial way. Yeah. Than your non white, non male, non cisgender counterparts. Right. Mm-hmm. Also, I just wanted to add something really quick
1: to what you were talking about um, with the guy at the club uh, mm-hmm. at our performance. The thing is, is like besides just being a cosplayer and a woman, you were also a performer. And we belonged to a company. And so there's also that threat of harming the company's image if a certain person is mad at you and will possibly write hate comments and you're representing something bigger than yourself and so there's Mm -hmm. also that fear even as a femme like that if you were even though it was a personal advance on you you know like that if you were to say something against it that your position in the company and the company itself would suffer
0: yeah and that's like a real fear and like That's the thing too, even though our leaders in that company told us, like, if something happens to you, we'll back you up, like know where to find us, you know, here are our safety protocols. We went all over, we all went over that. There's still that pressure of being a part of something, like you said, bigger than yourself. Mm -hmm. It's a, it's a self-imposed pressure nonetheless, but it's some, but it's definitely valid, Yeah. you know? Um, Because- like i know just knowing you and like knowing me and like knowing a lot of performers too like we take so much pride in the in the the art we get to convey and the and like other people's art that we get to convey right and like in the in the groups that we are a part of mm-hmm. in the the entities that offer us this opportunity to perform we are grateful yes and because we are grateful we don't want any harm to come to the team that's given us this opportunity. You know what I mean?
1: Right. Even for After Hours, uh, I feel like that Mm -hmm. was a huge Mm -hmm. instance for the both of us where... So AX After Hours uh, is essentially a 21-plus burlesque show at Anime Expo. And after the performance, after the whole show, uh, audience members have the opportunity to come up and take photos with the entire cast. That Mm -hmm. included us uh, and... So since we were stage kittens, we were normally positioned at the bottom of the photo. So we're sitting down uh, on a lot of the times uh, the people that wanted to take photos with us would sit next to us. Mind you, we're in body suits. And so like our legs are normally bare, Are bare, we're wearing Mm -hmm. heels. Um, Also, we would... Open the show, close the show. We were in between acts and we we're very personality based. Like we had mm. characters. Uh, mm-hmm. And so even during the pictures and stuff, we're still in character. We're still performing. Mm-hmm. It, it's still, even though the show's over for the audience, it's not over for us, you right. know? Uh, and that's just a part of the professionalism as a performer. Mm-hmm. And so to us, we're still working, you know? And the thing is, say it's on the job for us and someone I know this definitely happened to the both of us but I even saw it happen um to Justine was I think someone sat next to her a man sat next to her and then immediately proceeded to
0: wrap his arm around your waist right Mm -hmm. and like other folks like another person just like put their head in my lap yes
1: yeah Yeah. and I was like this is like I and I know you didn't like say anything and I I noticed it and I I convened with you afterwards but like yeah it was it was just like they just feel entitled to like you said doing whatever they want to you just because we're like a like the show we're like the the entertainment you know and that like were just something to be taken a picture with. Like, almost mm. like those, like, mascots, you know, like, in the big suits, like, Chuck E. Cheese or something. Or, like, mm-hmm. um, and they are humans, too, because <laughs> they're in there. Even though they're a big old rat, they're still a human. But, you know, at, at least they have, like, like an entire suit to cover them, you know? Whereas for us, it's, like, you're on my skin. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I, I, I remember just us discussing that and with our um, our senpais too in Mm -hmm. in the show about how to deal with that because because it's such an interactive show Mm -hmm. uh, literally the stage is not far from the audience like it's very Mm -hmm. interactive like uh, we're in the audience sometimes I feel like they feel more comfortable approaching us and they also felt more comfortable doing stuff to us even without asking and I that was something that we didn't know how to handle if it made us personally uncomfortable, but we don't want to impact the show's success.
0: Yeah, oh, most definitely. And again, like I want to reiterate that in After Hours, they the management kept us very safe. Yes, and they did. And we were always, yeah, we were always empowered to voice concerns yes. and everything. But then there's that other element too, where it's like, Everybody's looking at you. Yeah. So you can't you can't say even though you're feeling it. Yeah. You can't necessarily be like get your fucking hands off me yeah. because then people are going to look. People mm-hmm. are going to stare and that might not be attention that you want in that moment. Mm-hmm. Um yeah and like on that and too um for like 4 after hours uh specifically like in that like this is another kind of like this is kind of gross also but one person who was like a friend of who was a friend of one of the the people who was in the show so like we were somewhat like we had met like we were somewhat like familiar with them so um when he came up he was being a lot more like lax and like casual like because he knew people in the show you know what i mean and so did other people who came up like when our friends would come to the show and they would take pictures at the end they would like lean on us and like you know put their put our arms around us we would pose differently because we know them yeah you know but then, like, I remember an instance where people who had taken photos with us before got back in line. And, like, one person went up to me and there was, like, I saw that person put his head in your lap, so I want to do that, too. And I'm just, like, uh. <laughs> the gall? <laughs> also, like, if you want to do that ass. I wouldn't have had a problem with it if you asked, but because you just thought Yeah, you he could? J- Yeah, and he just like, stated it to you. He was just like I'm
1: going to do that now. Like yes. what? This the is title. my
0: body. Yeah. What? Yes. <laughs> I'm a human. Yes. Yes. No, definitely. And like we and and just because, for example, we are in a 21 plus show, uh and we are, it is a burlesque show. We were wearing um, revealing clothing that still didn't, we were dancing seductively. We were really like sexy characters, like in the show. That doesn't mean that people can put their hands wherever they want. True. You know? True. Oh, also, I just noticed like the example you brought up is like Chuck E. Cheese, who's a rat. <gasps> and then earlier, when we were talking about harassment, I brought up a capybara, which is a very large rat. So is this going to be like the rat episode? This What's is the moral of the story the, here? Like, the rodents? Like the moral, I, I got you. I got you. So the moral of the story
1: is that women or femme-presenting people are only seen as rats, which is rude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a rat. I'm a yes. I'm a baby. <laughs> I'm a baby. <laughs>
0: Oh my god, let's put that on a shirt. I'm not a rat. I'm a (laughs) bee. And then knock, knock. Who is it? You're gay.
1: (laughs) And it's cool because it could be either you with just R, you're gay, like it's you're gay, like your gayness, or it could be you are gay.
0: Apostrophe. Apostrophe R R E, you're gay. Oh, my God. Noelle, we have... This is our third episode and we're already thinking about merch.
1: I would honestly just wear it for me. I don't even have to make more for other people. I'm going to just
0: make it for us. (laughs) I'm going to hand embroider it just for us. Ooh, I'm game. (laughs) Oh, yeah, definitely. Oh, yeah. And, like, I guess... Okay, so kind of going back to what we were talking about before, because we we wanted to ask the performers like our senpai of the show to like questions about you know how are how have you dealt with this in the past like how what are some ways in the moment that you can protect your safety without causing a scene you know um and i remember personally in that process i ended up gaslighting myself so the the term actually comes from this story of um this I don't I don't even know if it's rooted in like a fictional story but like I know the origin of the word is a man There was a man and his wife um and there was a gas lantern like a gas lamp um on the on their dining table and every day he would turn the the lamp down ever so slightly and then the wife whenever she'd be like oh did it get darker in here he would say dismiss her and say no it's actually all in your head like I don't see it like it's not darker in here like I don't see anything wrong Mm. and every day he would do it yeah like um, I didn't know that he would yeah like I didn't know that earlier too but it's a term that's actually very widely used but yeah like so gaslighting in that sense is dismissing somebody's experience and um, diminishing it and like minimalizing like somebody's um, concerns or like experiences. And I ended up doing that to myself in a sense because I would kind of downplay the fact that I wasn't in any actual danger because, um, like before we began the show, we knew that our managers kept us really safe. We knew that like everybody who bought a ticket, like everyone needed a ticket to get into the show. Like we all knew who was going to be in the room at all times, you know, we had security. Um, There were witnesses. No physical harm would come to me. But even though I knew that, I thought I would keep telling myself and reminding myself of those things and then saying, well, I shouldn't be bothered because I know that no physical harm can come to me. When in reality, those are very valid discomforts. Yes, Yes, it is. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, I've also kind of experienced that in the sense where uh, I – wouldn't necessarily gaslight myself but i would be gaslighted and then question myself so mm, i would end up doubting you. myself when hearing from someone else like we've we basically been reiterating this entire episode so far is you know people are like like they, you could have done something or like oh this mm-hmm. or like are you sure like that what the, that was what their intention was like you don't know what their intentions are and i'm like i can see what they're trying to touch like mhm you know um and so a lot of the time, sometimes I'd be like, oh, you know, I guess it's it's not a big deal. Yeah. You know? That's the big thing It's like, it's not a big deal. Like, you're yeah. not going to see that person ever again. It's not a big deal. Mm. You know? And it's just like, it's not a big deal to you. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Like, it's it, it could be a big deal to me,
0: you know? Exactly. Yeah. yeah. And like, another thing too, on top of this is like, these... Like this harassment, it it's become normalized as a part of not only the convention experience for um, people who aren't cis straight white men, but it's also become the experiences of people who aren't that com- in that community in general. You know, like. For example, like, people – another way that people – I've heard people gaslight, and one way that I've been gaslighted is, like, well, that's just the way things are, you -hmm. know? Well, like, well, what do you expect? Like, that's how – that's what it is to be – that's what it means to be them, like, these days, you know? And that's Um, sad. It's really sad. It's so sad. Yeah. Ugh. Uh, Ugh, seriously. And um, I'm probably going to make this point later, but I should make it. Out. I, I'm probably just going to make it now, honestly, where it's like, I'm also tired of because we throughout this episode, we have a lot of topics that relate back to larger social issues if anything like they're exacerbated in a convention because of that whole thing like you know you're never gonna see these people again Mm -hmm. you don't have to go to work with these people you don't have to like see them at a family reunion yeah like you can do whatever you want and keep the anonymity because you're gonna fly off to your to wherever your hometown is you're gonna leave the convention you're gonna go back to your life Mm -hmm. without having to see this person again Or without having to take accountability for what happened over that weekend. You know what I mean? Um, But yeah, like all those issues like misogyny, like uh, sexual harassment, like lack of consent, like rape culture. All of those things are existing outside the convention circuit and the convention circuit exacerbates them. So I'm sick of... Folks saying, Oh my god, well, like I'm just trying to watch anime, like, or I'm just trying to go to a con, stop being an S- an SJW, or stop trying to like make everything political. And I'm like, nah, dude, like this is political because this is just a mini version of what's out there. You yeah. know, these problems just super exist concentrated of the circuit too. Yeah. Yeah. And also
1: like if for know, some reason okay. they're braver too. Like why? Yeah. Why? Wait, why are they braver? Yeah in this community like than out there like say like there, there there would be i feel like some people would be possibly more brave to you know do something like that to
0: somebody in a convention but not out on the street yeah and i'm not this isn't meant to like excuse anything but i think a possible justification to them might be like oh well these are my people this is my community, you know what I mean. As and if that they don't have to share it with other people, you know. Ugh. Like AX isn't your playground, dude. Like, yeah, you still, you still have to act like a decent human being. I feel
1: like another thing is like they're like it, like you said earlier. Like it's common knowledge that these kind of things happen, and so people shouldn't be surprised that they, as an individual, also partake because they can mm-hmm. see people aren't getting any kind of resistance or. As or at least in terms of like the more subtle, quote unquote, subtle things that you know they're not getting banned from the con or anything, but like people aren't being met with resistance, and it's it's what's perpetuating their perception that they can keep doing
0: it. Yeah, of course, definitely. And as we continue to radically reimagine what we want the convention landscape to look like when we're out of quarantine. Uh, I just wanted to check in with our listeners as well. Um, we I know that this is kind of a heavy episode, but we hope that in sharing our stories, you also feel empowered to share yours. This yes. isn't just like Justine and Noelle's venting session. Well, it kind of is, but <laughs> we also want it to be informed and guided by what the community wants to hear as well. Because each of the topics that we're going to talk about in this episode, we couldn't honestly make entire episodes about. So yeah. if it, if that's something that you want to see, if that's something you want to elaborate on, like, please talk to us and please, uh, continue to, uh, communicate with us, like about, um, the kind of content that you want to see and the type of intentional conversations you want to have with us. So, yes. yeah. So we've, we've talked a lot about, uh harassment in conventions we've talked a lot about consent culture in conventions and we can definitely talk more about this and I totally envision us talking more about this in the future but as we continue to reimagine what the convention landscape looks like let's talk about gatekeeping we kind of touched touched upon this in our last episode but uh or in our intro episode, but yeah, like Noelle, can you kind of give our listeners a little bit of an overview on how you would define gatekeeping and how you've experienced it? Cool. Yeah. So gatekeeping is
1: pretty much what it sounds like. You're keeping hold of the gate. (laughs) So I guess if you want to get conceptual or like, it's basically imagine, say the gate is surrounding a fandom, a certain fandom. Uh, like, let's say, Marvel, right? And uh, people at the front of it, there's a there's a gate to open and close, like a door or whatever. And basically, it's like someone trying to be a bouncer for that fandom. Like, they're like, nah, all right. So, like, your ID is, like, whatever. Uh, like, say, at a club, for you have to show your ID to, to say you're 21. For here, it's like, the person that's gatekeeping is like the bouncer and he's he or they or she is mostly requiring mostly he is requiring your id and your id is whatever he deems to be what makes you a true fan of this fandom Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whatever they whatever they decide so Mm -hmm. oh you need to watch x amount of episodes or have you read this amount of chapters which ones did you read this one this and this one oh you didn't sorry you you can't be a fan you can't get in here into this fandom because you're you're not a true one and yeah. that's essentially what gatekeeping is like for me example uh what I've experienced I've experienced it even not at cons uh virtually in person but at cons, like say I'm, I'm cosplaying, I'm cosplaying as Ryuko, for example. This happened actually. So someone was like, "Oh, can I take a picture with you?" And I was like, "Cool, yeah, you can take a picture with me." And then they proceeded to ask me like, "Oh, cool, like you're wearing Ryuko. I love Kill la Kill. Like, did you watch it?" And I was like, "Uh, no, dumbass." <laughs> I I spent hundreds of dollars on this cosplay and this styled to wig for two fucking hours at 2 a.m. because I don't know who this character is and never watched the show. I mean, okay, for granted, anyone can cosplay anybody even if they haven't watched the show. If they like the Mm -hmm. character, if they like how they look, go fucking for it. But Mm -hmm. like, dude, I don't know. It, It just feels kind of like condescending, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's just like, he was like, also asking like I was like oh yeah I did and he's like oh cool like did did you watch all the seasons and I'm like and the thing is like you know when it's a genuine question you know based on their tone uh-huh. right like if it were something like like oh cool like did you watch I watched the show like did um, did you get to watch all the show or you know and I'll be like oh yeah like oh cool like like which season did you like better you know. Or, like, yeah. rather than, like, oh, did you watch it? Did you yeah. watch all of it? Like, yeah. mm, <laughs> what mm. are you, for what? I don't want to talk to you anymore. You make yeah. me feel not good. And
0: also, like, hi, my name is Noelle. What's your name? You know what I mean? Like, Right. You, immediately someone approaches you and they're, like, oh, already? Like, oh, but did you watch it? I'm, like, hi, I'm a person. You know, like yeah. you just ask for a photo of me that is saved in your phone, and the first thing out of your mouth is like, "Did I watch the anime of the cosplay that I'm wearing right now? Who, what, right?
1: I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's yeah. I mean, I'm I'm not knocking anybody that like cosplay something that they didn't watch the show of, but it's just the fact that they're asking in that way. Just fe- I think they're asking you. Period. Yeah. Like, did you
0: watch it? Why like, is it what does business? it matter? Yeah, okay, yeah. so
1: that's the thing, is, like, why does it matter? Like, say, even if someone did cosplay, like, say, if I didn't watch Kill a Kill, what does it matter? Like, wh- why do you need this information? Yeah. To do what with this information? Judge me? Like, what? Yeah. what do you want it for?
0: Yeah. I really liked your definition of gatekeeping, how in your definition you said that, the bouncer in the scenario lets you win based on the criteria he decides Mm -hmm. you know like who who what they decide deems you like a true fan or whatever Mm -hmm. this is some random person at a convention is he like the authority on kill a kill you know what i mean right is he the (laughs) whole monitor that's gonna report you (laughs) to whom you know what i mean yeah like yeah like and why are you giving your why are you imposing this role upon yourself? What purpose does it serve? To protect the fandom from what? More people from that what? like it? What? Like <laughs> I mean, wouldn't you want more people to enjoy what you enjoy? Like Exactly. So
1: you can talk about it together, so you could enjoy it together?
0: Like So the artist that you like can get the credit they deserve? If, oh, you know, yeah. Hell yeah. bro. I like literally
1: I feel like they don't like take a step back and be like, "Wait, why do I? Why should I even care?" Like, right. like yeah. we're we're all just out here in a fucking big ass convention room, and we're looking at stuff we like, and we're dressed as characters we like. Yeah, and definitely that's just what it is. Like, mm-hmm.
0: why do you you have to police me? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah, and and kind of in my experience too, this happened outside of a convention, but uh, I was... when I I started reading comic books when I was a second year in college. So this was around like 2014, 2015. Um, I was really afraid to get into comics because... And I didn't feel like I could because there was so much content out there and I was afraid of people telling me that I wasn't a true fan or being kept from this thing because I wasn't knowledgeable enough. Like I couldn't claim this as my own as something that I liked simply because I didn't have the knowledge to back it up, you know? Mm -hmm. And, and the, the reason why I felt empowered to get into comics, uh, kind of teasing a future episode, was because this was around the time that Silk came out. So Silk is like an Asian-American female Marvel hero that came out with her own series. And I'm just like, okay, Silk is starting from issue one. She's a completely brand new character. Mm -hmm. I have equal footing from everyone. And that was my gateway into comics. But as I look back, the fact that I had to, I felt like I had to wait for something completely new to start for me to join shows how intentionally exclusive the people in that culture create that world to be,
1: you Mm -hmm. know?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: I know not everyone is like that, but it, it kind of like when you see it happen so many times, like you, it's, it's easy for us to generalize, you know, like, yeah, especially when it's so prevalent. So oh, yeah. it's like, we're not saying that everyone is like this, but unfortunately there, there are people that are like that and we have yeah. experienced them. So,
0: yeah. And if we are going to call it the uh, comic book community or the nerd community, the cosplay community, uh, a community needs to take accountability for each other. Yes. And a community is responsible for shifting the culture as a whole. Yes. So if, even if it's a handful, it doesn't mean you can't take responsibility for them, you know? Not necessarily take responsibility, but like does – I should – rather I should say, does not mean that you can't have a hand in pivoting the culture for the better? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, I guess that kind of leads into another form of gatekeeping that we've seen uh, on the convention circuit, specifically in cosplay, but like body shaming is yeah. something we also wanted to talk about. Um, criticism that uh, not only Noelle and myself, but like other people in, um, that we've been in community with are being shamed or not given the same opportunities uh, as others like as other cosplayers if they're not being like profiled as like highly if they're not being celebrated as much because their body doesn't match the body type of the character and that's problematic for multiple reasons like not only does it speak to the fact that fat phobia and um like fat phobia and like is is perpetuated outside of the convention circuit and it's so prevalent but on top of that a lot of the characters that are being drawn have the same body type. So yes. only a certain type of person who was built that way is considered anatom- anatomically accurate or um, or is allowed to cosplay that certain character because they yeah. look like them. Yeah.
1: Or, re- or it gets more attention, clout, or just more praise because they align physically more with that character Mm -hmm. both muscle wise stature wise and also skin color
0: yeah definitely it's very prevalent like one example that I wanted to talk about and like you can kind of like if you'd like to elaborate on your own experiences or like things that your loved ones have encountered in the co- in the convention circuit about body shaming. But um, one thing that I've seen is actually pre-convention, like around convention season, a lot of folks would post like, I've seen a lot of folks post fitness challenges on social media mm-hmm. and tag them things like, oh, the road to my cosplay body or cos- like the challenge, cosplay challenge precisely. Mm-hmm. And like the essence of it is, is great, right? Like, you know, physical health. Physical fitness is definitely an element of, like, holistic wellness. You know, exercise is good. Um, Different bodies exercise in different ways. But I I think what a lot of folks um, haven't really acknowledged or haven't really seen is that how challenges like that perpetuate body shaming unintentionally or latently. Because Mm. saying that you are working towards a cosplay body means that the body you currently have is not fit to cosplay. Mm. So I also want to say that if physical fitness is a part of your routine, if that is something that you like to do, if you like going to the gym, if you like working out, like that's great. You know, bodily autonomy is is like amazing. You know, if that's something that you love, if that's something that's a part, we, we are not shaming that. We are not calling that out rather we want to call in the fact that and honestly like it sounds wild but we want to like drive home the fact that literally anybody is a cosplay body and we see yes. that plastered all over social media we see that plastered all over like convention promo we do but and we understand that when we're in it yeah but when we prepare for it what are it's it's a lot harder it's a, it's really easy to see folks make comments like against plus size cosplayers yeah. or um, against like people whose body types don't match the uh, character they're cosplaying or how they're drawn or how they're portrayed in the movie. It's really right. easy to call out those comments because they're obvious. What's less obvious is the fact is the internal ways that we perpetuate
1: right. this
0: fat phobia and body shaming. The implicit yeah. biases are. Yes. Are in play. Exactly. Yeah. And it, I feel like um,
1: it's not really a common practice to search through those implicit biases mm. in our mm-hmm. community, unfortunately, because mm-hmm. it's kind of like, because it's plastered everywhere, it's like, oh, that's common knowledge. But we're not really realizing that, like, oh, like, well, what am I doing to, like, ev- even to myself, like, say, for, example Mm -hmm. for me i have itty bitty titties so (laughs) a a lot of characters that i love and i really would love to cosplay i would always kind of feel not inclined to because my body didn't match theirs if they had big old titties right and unfortunately that is a very common thing in anime (laughs) is to have big old titties and what's (laughs) interestingly enough too in anime the girls that don't have big old titties kind of also fall into a certain niche and are like kind of archetyped uh and i do have characters that i do like that are itty bitty titties but uh, <laughs> but like uh i just remember an experience where someone told me i guess it was kind of that whole big picture that like cosplay bo- like like cosplays for everybody right but the thing is, is that like I implemented it on myself that I couldn't cosplay as somebody because of my titties and I expressed that uh, to somebody and they were like, just go buy some titties. And at first it was like, ha, ha 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 you're right, I could do that. But then it wasn't until I reflected later that I was like, mm, what, why couldn't it just be like, oh no, it's okay, Like even if you don't have titties, you could still cosplay that character just because mm-hmm. you want to. Mm-hmm. not oh just go get something so that you can do that and be look more closely to that character. Uh, yeah. and wow I I mean yeah I just like didn't really think about it until later and I was like wait <laughs> I yeah. can be if I wanted to if I really wanted
0: to. Mhm. But you don't want yeah. to. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's a huge part of it too like what about what I want? What about like my comfort level? You know what I mean? Like what you were saying too, if you like, you know, you can you can buy like silicone titties that you can wear and like take off and stuff. Like, you know, you can do that. But like what you wanted and what you needed in that moment was affirmation that other people would appreciate your your cosplay of that character without you changing anything about the way that you looked.
1: You know what I mean? Yeah. Honestly, yeah. I i mean, anytime you express insecurities, you're normally, like, searching for
0: affirmation, right? So that yeah. would have been nice. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. No, I hear you. And, and like, body shaming is just one element of this ongoing conversation of diversity and acceptance of all, all people in cosplay in general. Like, for example, um, kind of going into – Another element of this is cosplayers of color mm-hmm. and like what it's like to cosplay uh, this character as like a brown person or like as somebody, yeah, as like a brown femme, you know, um, a brown non-binary person. And um, kind of going back to what we were saying about how plus size cosplayers are shamed for not looking like a certain character because all the characters are, are drawn the same way. They're drawn with a certain body type. it's the same thing too where it's like I've walked conventions and heard people say to me and like to other people like oh look it's like a Filipino Zatanna or like it's um it's like oh my gosh that's it's like and who else have I cosplayed um it's like oh my god like I've never seen like a Filipino girl like or like a brown girl like do lust before from like Mm -hmm. Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood things like that you know um but like no one no one will ever say like or but when I cosplay Cora, they're not gonna say like, oh you're a brown Cora. Because right. like because she's yeah. canonically brown. Yeah, she's canonically brown. But like why do you have to other me with that marker? Mm-hmm. I'm simply cosplaying a character. Why do you have to other me? Um, well, you're this type sense. of this character. But it's like yeah. no, I'm just this character. Yeah, or like, you're not, or despite the way your cosplay looks, you're not the canon character because that character doesn't look like you. Like, yeah. yeah, But it's like, but
1: I wanted to be that character canonically mm -hmm. because that's why I dressed up at the, because I want to be that. I don't want to be what you're describing me as.
0: Yeah, I'm not, my existence is not a fucking AU. It's yeah. a you. It's a universe. Like I'm existing in this universe now. Like yeah. as this character. For those that don't know what AU is, can you just describe it? Oh, yeah. AU is short for um alternate universe. So um for example, in fan fiction, uh, <laughs> they'll take okay, yeah. He's <laughs> yes, um like, for example, uh, one AU that comes to mind is, like, they'll take characters like Naruto or like Sasuke or they'll do, like, a coffee shop AU where these characters are actually baristas at a coffee shop where, like, in an alternate universe, in a different time, this is what they would do and um, what they would be, you know, like, reimagining that. But then I'm just like, okay, cool, we're reimagining, like, convention culture in itself, like, reimagining the way that we look at, experience, look at and experience fandom. Mm-hmm. But, like... Me existing as, like, a brown, like, person, as this character, I shouldn't be othered because I don't look like the canon character. Because in any universe, I could exist the way I do. You know what I mean? In this universe, I exist the way I do. So just see me as Zatanna and be like, oh my god, you're Zatanna. And I'd be like, thank you. Yes, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Yes, I am. (laughs) So for me, one of the things, besides
1: what you've already described about being brown, and I've actually also been hesitant about cosplaying certain characters because I'm too brown. Mm. Because, like, that per- that character is really fair. And unfortunately, a lot of the characters are really fair. Exactly. <laughs> um, so, actually, thinking about it, uh, yeah, well, so, some of the characters that I've cosplayed, or at least my first cosplays, have kind of always been a little more on the Tanner side. Me looking at my Ryuko poster, just... <laughs> yeah, she's not, like, She's more like a little bit of a darker shade than, like, say, like Hinata or like Suyu. You know, like I'm literally mm-hmm. just looking at my walls. <laughs> 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 but, uh, but yeah, so I felt more comfortable doing that on because I guess you know it's the same as you with the comic comic community is like yeah. you didn't want to have that conversation. So, mm. uh, so for me, another one of the things I got which I didn't really understand was um, for. I cosplayed a sarada. It was fan art <laughs> of mm, adult yeah. sarada. Uh, and so I did, I cosplay that fan art and I'm not really makeup savvy. And so what I got, which is, and the reason why I'm mentioning makeup is because this is, this is why it didn't make sense to me is uh, I was called, Oh, I'm an ABG sarada and ABG, for those of you don't know is Asian baby girl. And it, it's essentially uh, this is a whole other thing but <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's essentially like a uh, an archetype of uh, certain Asian women and how they dress, how they do their makeup, how they their likes and dislikes uh, with all those things considered is what created that label mm-hmm. and I guess to describe it a bit, uh, they do their eyebrows. They wear falsies all the time. They have like are very good with their contour. They like boba, etc. Just all of these generalized things, and this is a whole stereotypes. Nother, yeah, stereotypes. Yeah. There's this. This is a whole another conversation about <laughs> stereotyping women. Yeah. But uh, so I I received that, and what I didn't understand is. I mean, I didn't really feel like I aligned myself with that because one, like I didn't know how to do my makeup. I literally just slapped on my eyebrows, some eyeliner, falsies, and some lipstick and mascara, of course, and my uh, contact lenses. And so it was like, I don't understand. So just because I'm Asian and I'm wearing lashes that I am this version of this character, like I can't just be Sarada. So... Yeah, like, and like we were saying previously, like when cosplayers, especially femmes, do their makeup, a lot of them wear falsies because it's mm-hmm. a way to accentuate your eyes and to, you know, like make the look look better. And it's just to mm-hmm. look better, you know, and to put kind of like a finishing touch on it, like a little, mm-hmm. like a little <laughs> salt bay shit, you know what I mean? So it's just like, mm-hmm. uh, also, it just looks it makes your eyes pop more in photos. And that's what mm, cosplayers true. do. We take photos. So, <laughs> and, um, and so I was like, why am, why is, I also don't really align with the ABG title and that's a whole nother conversation in itself. <laughs> but <laughs> so to, to just be like, oh, you're ABG Sarada. And I'm like, oh, but I'm just adult Sarada. Like, <laughs> yeah, I, like why, why is it like, so if, if someone else that was an Asian Cosplayed Sadaa and war falsies. Would they be considered an ABG Sadaa? Yeah. Like, well, mm, ah. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that's my experience, and it was. It's just like, oh, I, I just. That's not what my intention was.
0: <laughs> no, I hear you. I totally hear you. Yeah, that's that's because you're totally right. Like, simply because you are Asian. And you're like, to them, you're Asian looking. They imagine you as like an AU of this character when you're just, like you said, like when you're just adult um, Sadada. And um, I actually kind of wanted to share because one thing that I've heard and one thing that I've learned is that when people make comments like that, like ask them what they mean, but like genuinely, like if someone says like, oh my gosh, you're like ABG Sadada," I'd be like, oh, I don't know what ABG means. What does that mean? And then, like, watch them try to explain it to you. Ah. And then it's like, oh. oh, it's like, oh, yeah, like, it's when they look like this. I'm like, okay, but, like, why did you say that to me, like, in that moment? I mean, this is, of course, if you want to do the labor, if you if you have the capacity to do it and if you, did <laughs> you have to do it. I've, I've had those conversations with people where they've called things ghetto. And then I'm like, oh, what does ghetto mean? And kind of watch them try to explain and slowly starting to realize that, it's the implications are very racist. You know I mean? <laughs> yeah.
1: And that, and that's yeah. like the thing where it's like, oh, when someone says something stupid, you just ask them to repeat it out loud again. <laughs> yeah. And then they say it out loud and they're like, "Uh, <laughs> I love saying that to people. It's just like, can you like say that again? I didn't, listen to yourself I didn't, say that. Yeah. Listen to <laughs> yourself say that again. Like I, I didn't catch can, can you say it again? Yeah. And then oh, listen.
0: Yeah. I mean, like, as we've kind of seen, listening isn't the strong suit of the people we're talking about today. So,
1: yo, we, but we, we really hope there's always hope for change. Can, yeah. Yeah. Oh it's my- never
0: too late. Yes. And, and also, like, w- something that we've noticed in kind of the first couple episodes that of our podcast that have released is, and something that we really want to drive home is the fact that Fandom Fems is a community for people who have felt like they've been in the minority in the convention scene, in the nerd scene, in the cosplay scene. People whose voices historically aren't heard. Like the people who have been impacted negatively mm. by folks with privilege in these spaces. Right. This space that we're creating is for you and for us. So as we so like let your hair down let's speak freely about these things that have been like weighing on us because yeah like we want to build a community of people that will go to bat for each other uh, when it comes to these things too know that you are not the only one in the cosplay community that not only has a problem with these same things but also takes it to a deeper like beyond surface level right degree you know yeah just like what Justine said it's
1: a safe space, not only to know that you're not alone, but also to empower you to, you know, pursue what you deserve, you know, like what, what you are able and capable of, you know, accomplishing, you know? So it's just like, we, even though we have expressed that like, oh yeah, there were times that like, we couldn't say no, or like we, we couldn't do this. Uh, honestly now because we are sharing our experiences like and we've learned from our experiences and we have grown Mm -hmm. into people that are better at you know expressing ourselves and expressing our disdain (laughs) but also we're still human as well like even though we we can speak up against it and we we can say it here and I actually have had the courage to politely (laughs) you know um decline people and have learned Uh to do so or even be blunt and decline. But, like, we we still have, you know, these fears because we are human. We are women, you know. And, unfortunately, we have to live in this society where this is the norm. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And so you're not alone. We are here for you. (laughs) Um, Yeah. We we want you to know that you can, you know, definitely – change your reality you know with the necessary steps and then the work so
0: yeah yeah most definitely and it's a lot we also understand that it's a lot easier to ask for what you want and like advocate for yourself when you know people are going to back you up yeah so we want to create that community of people who will back each other up yeah and also back it up (laughs) (laughs) wait what is it again like bitch let me see shake that ass! Shake that ass! Oh. Shake that ass! <laughs> or, like, did you bit? Be- Hold, oh, yeah. Hold on. Oh, yeah. Hold on. Bitch! Did you hear what the. Did you hear fuck what the fuck Guys said? Guy said?
1: Shake, shake some, some ass! ass. How? <laughs> 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 and yes, we will also encourage you to shake that ass whenever you
0: feel. <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh! Yes, I think that was that was like nice. This the conversation was heavy, but we pivoted. I like kind of exhale moment. A good old, yeah. a good old break. A good old. Yes. Hey, remember, you are loved and you are worthy. Period. Yeah. Hey, remember we're like a comedic podcast as well so we're gonna spice some fun into it too we're gonna take these big scary topics and make them what fun and approachable yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Ba-ba-ba. yeah. Ba-ba-ba. so speaking of sorry <laughs> I, I i got carried away <laughs> you're totally fine yeah. uh you're a gemini anyways i can't help so, um, <laughs> Uh, speaking of approaching things in a different way, let's approach our second talk, to- our next topic. Mm. Wow! Wow! Look at you! Oh my god! Segway. So quippy! <laughs> yes. Sexy Now quippy.
1: watch me quip! <laughs> 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 now watch me gay gay! Now watch me
0: quip quip! Now watch me gay gay! No, for, for the gay gay part you have to be like gay gay i was like i was like peace i was like gay gay <laughs> gay gay okay oh my god i'm sweating now remember when we said we were going to be concise with this podcast and here we are on a million tangents and we're like shake some Oh.
1: <laughs> we hear yes. we hear we, we talking hear, about we
0: beep 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 beep. We here we queer, and we're talking about gender neutral bathrooms. We out here, less yes. lines, y'all. Yes, exactly. I have to and pee. Like- <laughs> yes, and like so, gender neutral bathrooms is basically in the concept of it is like take re- in recognizing that gender is socially constructed, in recognizing that gender and expectations of what certain genders um or what certain sexes and genders should like do and behave are placed on by society recognizing that and and like doing away with it and saying like hey here's a bathroom you need to go why do you have to wait in a line based on the parts you were born with you know what i mean like you can sit down if you want you can stand up if you want you can do anything you want but not harass people exactly and that was on yeah and that's why we opened with that too because like we know harassment like is a no-no and everything like that um, and I I just found that the idea of a convention itself a bunch of nerds from all over the country and all over the world under a single roof for four days, just weaving it up and having a grand old time dressing up as their favorite characters, meeting their favorite like manga artists and voice actors, etc. that idea is inherently radical. So why are we stuck in such archaic and dated things like gender norms and gendered bathrooms? Yeah. Like, because this community is so radical because it's so, um, it this type of community attracts people from all ends of the gender spectrum, from all from in and outside the binary. Yeah. Um. People who are agender, like people who are transgender, have the people who want to experiment with their gender expression and presentation use Causeway to do that.
1: Yeah. Totally. So, totally. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Definitely. And it's it's and, widely mm-hmm.
1: accepted, and you know that's why people feel safe doing that in this community right exactly
0: no that's so real so like I think that's something we can also use to radically reimagine conventions because if anything it would just be meeting the community where it's at because the community already knows that you know this is a place for people in between like on either end of the binary inside outside like any type of gender any type of person should be welcome here and should feel welcome here so why can't they just go to the bathroom wherever they want Right. You know, I mean, in a in a receptacle, not on a tree or like in the middle of the floor. <laughs> but like, that's what I mean by wherever they want. Yes. But. <laughs> not in their pants. Yeah. Not. <laughs> Hopefully. But see, the thing is, let
1: me segue this. Mm-hmm. I don't want to pee in my pants. And <laughs> have you seen convention bathroom blinds for females or for the. Female-designated bathroom. Mm -hmm. It's redonkulous. Long as hell. Also, can we talk about... Okay, so I have this thing uh, where I can't really hold my pee anymore. (laughs) So, therefore, it's very difficult for someone like me to wait in a very long line. And then... Once I get into the stall finally, I have to peel off my cosplay depending on what it is. Some of these cosplays can be very, you know, complicated. Like this, the Ryuko one had suspenders that I had to wear under the shirt. And so I had to like take off my shirt to take off my suspenders just to pull down my pants. And like, or um, like for when I was Black Widow, I had a, a suit of ones, onesie suits, tight on my body that's also just slick with sweat so it's sticking Mm -hmm. to me and so I have to take Mm -hmm. that time and try not to piss my pants at the same time I'm already stressed like I'm trying not to pee my pants but I can't because the line has 40 people in it and good lord like I swear when I see guys just hop in and hop out of the bathroom like one yes they can just pull down a zipper but two like I can also go like I've always been tempted to go in there and is it illegal is is, is it, it's a, like illegal for like other genders to go into other bathrooms is that you a legal about- thing like a law I don't know because if it's not then that kind of sucks because like I could have gone so many times <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> or I mean, I definitely have and not at conventions just for the sake of not peeing my pants. But like, you yeah. know, like, yeah, like we've been socialized that boys go in here, girls go in here, you know, and we mm-hmm.
0: have to suffer. <laughs> no, that's real. And, and honestly, like, I, um one thing that we also wanted to say when we, because this is a hot take, this shouldn't be a hot take, but like, this is, because This should be just like a normal take, a, media, a normal temperature take, a room normal temperature take, take. <laughs> but a lukewarm take, but it's a hot take apparently. So people are, are probably going to be like, oh, but Justina Noelli, what about the creepy people? And I'm like, yo, the first the 30 minutes of our podcast was all about creepy people. We know that there are creepy people in the conventions inside and outside of the bathrooms. So the problem isn't the bathroom. You know what I mean? That's like, true. It yeah, yeah, I love how you said that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and like people just need to go to the bathroom. And like what it instead speaks to the problem is not the bathroom. The problem is that we go to conventions that have this culture of this is just the, the way things are. Like people will harass you. That's just what happens when you're a pretty girl at conventions. You know. So again, we need to call upon our community to radically reimagine the way, not only reimagine the way that we participate in conventions, but also change the culture that has okayed this behavior for so
1: long. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. And like I've said before, is community needs to protect its community. So Mm -hmm. like, if you don't want creepers, then don't idly stand by and watch it happen. You know, if you don't want that happening to you, make sure it's not happening to somebody else right in front of mm-hmm. you or even like, you know, educate your friends on the same thing so that, you know, it, it's, it's up to us. So like if we mm-hmm. have to educate those around us in our personal worlds so that we can see a better outcome, so we could see a better community. And so it's, yeah. it's not like, oh, there's the convention police. So you go call the convention police. Like, I mean, yeah, if they're posing a real danger to your life definitely get authorities but like yeah straight up like if it, someone's just creeping in this gender ne- neutral bathroom i know it could be weird i mean everyone has different like approaches me personally i'd be like what the fuck are you doing fucking stop yeah. and that's kind of who i've become as a the where <laughs> where i'm at right now there's also <laughs> other ways be like excuse me uh what are you doing you know it's mm-hmm. even something e- easy as that like what are, w- sir what are you doing or like ma'am what are you doing you know like Mm -hmm. well what's going on here you know and you know if that doesn't stop them then you can get aggressive or like you know ask for help to help you if you are not that type of person you know but like don't do nothing
0: yeah and like the culture is and like don't also don't watch other people do something and then do nothing because like we were saying before Um, it's a lot easier to speak your mind and protect people when you know that you have backup. Yeah. So yeah, and that's what we're trying to do. And yeah, like kind of rounding things off, one last topic we wanted to touch on that's somewhat related to um, gender neutral bathrooms was accessibility in general, but also for folks with disabilities, um, whether they're physically visible or they're not visible, their convention spaces should also be more accessible for them, too. Um One thing that our uh, listeners have shared with us is more places to sit down. It, like, that's definitely necessary in conventions. Um, right. Because there's a lot of people, huge crowds. Um And even though, like, fire hazards. And, I mean, people say, like, oh, if people are blocking a hallway, there are, like, fire hazards. But, like, okay, but there's nowhere else for people to sit down. Right. Like, yeah, if you pack a convention center for this amount of people, what are they supposed to do when they get tired? Walk more back to their hotel, sit down away from the con, and then come back? You right. know what I mean? Like, I mean, some people, yeah. you know, like like us, if we were working a
1: convention, we would be there all day, mm-hmm. not going back to the hotel, you know, because we are doing multiple things in multiple rooms, and, you know, we're walking a lot, and... Uh, how, how can people not expect people's feet to hurt, you know? Like, even Disneyland yeah. has benches everywhere.
0: <laughs> even Disneyland has benches. Oh, my God.
1: Right? So, so many- it's just, like, especially when you're expected to stand in lines, to walk around, you know? So it's just, like, well, what else? Uh, hello? <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and when you
1: definitely. do sit on the floor, you get in trouble. So it's just, like,
0: well where 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 on the toilet where (laughs) yeah definitely yeah and um that's something we can do honestly and all these topics honestly we can do entire episodes on and this episode was just meant to kind of be the jumping off point for us to kind of list things and also give folks the space to process and also share too like we would love to hear from you like this is and ongoing conversation what do you want to radically change about convention culture how would you like to reimagine uh, the convention landscape when we come back please let us know at Phantom yeah. friends on instagram <laughs> yeah so um noelle do you want to start uh rounding off our episode like we Covered a lot of ground today. Yeah, we really did.
1: Actually, can I also add one more thing for accessibility? Oh, of course. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, I know that it is a common complaint uh, for conventions. And I understand that there are some conventions that just have so many booths and they want to try to fit as many creators as possible um, for the enjoyment of their attendees you know but uh, what would also contribute to our enjoyment is to not have such narrow (laughs) walk spaces Mm -hmm. especially in places like Artist Alley um, which is also kind of sad because that's where um, a lot of people tend to shy away from Artist Alley because of how tight the the spaces between booths and some people, you know, may have like anxiety or claustrophobia. And I mean, even without those as someone who isn't impacted by that, it's just personal space. And also um, I feel like after coming back from COVID, I I don't really want people breathing on me as much, <laughs> you know, like, cause people get really close. Like I can feel your breath on my neck girl, like, like you, you really close, but it's not cause they're trying to like, I've literally, yeah, it's like, just it's no like, space. yeah, it's like a sea of people where like chest to back, like I'm, my chest yeah. is on someone's back. And in order to get through, you have to, you know, like push your way through. And that doesn't really make for a very enjoyable experience of being able to, to look through all the booths without trying to like, make sure you're, you're being an impediment to other people and trying to get by, you know? So it kind of makes it not very safe. I would be scared if I've tripped in one of those hallways. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. I, I feel like that's a safety hazard. So, yeah. Uh, but yeah, also in terms of coming back from this pandemic, I, I'm not so sure people would be as comfortable uh, being so close together, you know? Mm-hmm. I feel like just yeah. recovering from what's happened, especially since the U.S. has been in this for over six months now.
0: And mm-hmm.
1: this is kind of like even if, say, COVID's over, it's "quote unquote" over. I feel like people will still have their reservations, so I feel like conventions should prepare accordingly to provide more of that personal space for the individual. And mm-hmm. I know it may be "quote unquote" asking a lot, but I, I don't even know if people will be comfortable going to conventions. So if if you, I feel like you know, like same for even these restaurants and other places retail stores that are open during covid and they have to abide by guidelines i feel like even post covid they should still create some guidelines for all of us that have been impacted by this virus because i feel like it i I don't know for me personally i wouldn't feel as comfortable around people that soon after or yeah even like that so um Aside from that, too, people with disabilities, like, say, people in wheelchairs, though they do have an elevator, say, to get down to Artist Alley if it is on another floor, how are they to comfortably, like, you know, find their way through that and effectively enjoy Artist Alley or any other type of section of the con that has these booths that are too tightly packed together,
0: you Mm -hmm. know?
1: So it's just, like, like, how how can conventions make everyone feel more included and more
0: comfortable? Right. Yeah. And honestly, Noelle, wow. That was a really, thank you for sharing that. And that was a really great way to kind of like round everything off because I think with all these things that we've talked about today, we, our ask, our big ask is to have the community help each other be more Mm community-minded. Because like if, if organi- if event organizers center community, if we center community in the way that we navigate conventions, then things will – a lot of these notes, a lot of these um, asks that we're making towards accessibility and, like, against harassment won't be afterthoughts. They will be a part of the planning mm-hmm. or, like, they'll be part of the process, you know? Um, so yeah, thank you so much for um, rounding us out with that. Yeah. Um, yeah, <laughs> thank and you. like another, definitely. And, um, something else that I wanted to say too, is that like we voiced concerns and we shared stories in this podcast today from us and the community. Thank you so much to our listeners who shared with us thank as you. well. Yes, thank you. But we're voicing our concerns, but it doesn't necessarily have to be entirely up to us to find solutions. Right. Uh, we aren't saying like, oh, like we can run a convention better. We know everything about running conventions. We, we don't want to diminish the roles of these convention organizers. We just want to call upon... They're a part of the community too. And mm-hmm. the same way as we kind of called upon each other, like me and Noelle, yeah. to radically reimagine it, we also want to... Um, call upon our community like attendees organizers uh vendors everyone right. to radically imagine reimagine the way that they want to return to conventions you know with all these things in mind with the community in mind right and kind of bringing things back to what i was saying earlier like i feel like things like cosplay is not consent and anybody can like anybody can cosplay and like cosplay is for everyone conventions are for everyone like those are phrases that We hear a lot, but the thing is, like, even though it's become essential parts of convention branding and convention programming, we still see it. Yeah. We still see people acting against it. So, and it's super easy to call out the super obvious stuff. Like, if someone says, Oh, well, you can't cosplay that character, they're white and you're not, that's racist. It's very obviously racist. And a lot of us, I feel like a lot of, us and like a lot of folks in our circles are very like know that already. Like they're very good at calling that out and they feel empowered to call that out, which is amazing. But I think pushing that further, I think there's also work that I need to do that everyone that everyone needs to do to some degree to unlearn internally. Mm-hmm. Like yes, anyone can cosplay. Yes, cosplay is consent. But the fact that these things aren't common sense just speaks to the fact that it's a social and cultural issue. Right. And we need to turn the mirror on ourselves and on our friends, our loved ones, the people that we feel empowered to have these conversations with and say like, oh, hey, you know, when you said you're too, you're too thin or like you're too fat to like cosplay this character, like, you know, you can cosplay whatever you want. You know what I mean? Like, um, When I look, sometimes I do this too. Like, When I look at my, um, the first character that I cosplayed was Nick Fury because that's the only character I thought I could cosplay because Nick Fury has a dark complexion and so do I. When I say I'm not the right skin color to cosplay a certain character, what am I perpetuating? Mm -hmm. Is that thought, like I just kind of pause, take a step back and look at it and be like, oh... Well, that's actually rooted in, like, white supremacy. Oh, well, that's actually perpetuating the type of culture I'm trying to dismantle.
1: Yeah. Like,
0: turning the mirror on yourself and your loved ones is a lot harder, but it's really necessary, too, especially when we're trying to make this huge shift. You know what I mean? Yes. Woo! Yeah, We did did a lot of emotional labor today, so let's round things off. Yeah, let's round things off with some lighthearted stuff with our <laughs> segment. Get rekt! R- 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 yes. <laughs> also,
1: I, I just want to commend you, uh, Stephsis. I want to thank you so much for, you know, sharing your stories and being vulnerable and just having so much to contribute to what we're talking about. And honestly, I just love learning from you. I'm just always learning from you. And that's something I really appreciate in our friendship. And yeah, sorry. Yeah, I'm like thank you simpy. So much.
0: <laughs> no, girl, I mean like, okay, didn't we give the disclaimer in episode that this <laughs> podcast would be like
1: <laughs> fandom
0: and also just and Noelle like gushing about each other? <laughs> yeah, I really appreciate like you saying that. And also I've been trying to be more intentional about my relationships and friendships as well. And for me, the huge marker of a friendship is that we are growing together mm-hmm. and i'm constantly pushing my comfort zone i'm constantly learning and growing and coming into myself because i know you
1: and Aww. because i've seen you
0: do it with yourself like girl seriously this this conversation would have stayed between me and you like at in at like our backstage changing room at Anime Expo. Yeah. Have not <laughs> said, had you not said, hey Justine, let's let's start a podcast. Uh huh. You know, these conversations would have. <laughs> we stayed, already were having them, like yeah, on our free time, in our DMs, and like <laughs> time when they could be shared into the world. You know, right? And you you really helped me be brave and confident and grounded in the things that I feel and the things that I believe and like literally I feel like our friendship is like one of the themes that we've been saying is like it's easier to be yourself and stand up for what you believe in when you ha- when you have people to back you up mm-hmm. this is proof of that fandom fems is proof of that oh I'm gonna cry <laughs> kiss kiss fun, love no, just crying Wait, while singing what's the, a sad what's a sad anime song um, like that uh it's
1: a is is it uh, that one song from tokyo ghoul is that sad i forget <laughs> and it gets all it gets all
0: like intense where it's like
1: <laughs> yeah that
0: one feels kind of emo like <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah. Anywho <laughs> Thank you baby these, uh, oh, Hold on let me just like <laughs> Blow my nose from all these tears Wait wait a second Tears don't come out of my nose Anyway <laughs> Oopsie Get yes! wet Alright so <laughs> My first wreck, Or I mean my wreck, uh, Actually is a game That I started playing Because one of my friends Gifted it to me on Steam Because I was watching him play it And it's super kawaii. Like, it's basically, like, mm, semi-TV anime girls uh, in a rhythm game. And everything, the colors and the designs for, uh, like, say, the objects that you need to hit or even the boss or even the background is just so cute. There's literally cat samurais. And also the music is so great in the sense that it's, like, there's japanese there's chinese but it's all like kawaii shit like i i literally just kind of want to play just so i can listen to the music (laughs) but it's it's super cute it's only like three-ish dollars on steam um check it out and even their voices is is super adorable but yeah there's literally like there's like everything has a face on it like it's so cute like <laughs> like there're clouds faces on it kawaii faces on it you know like yeah. there's even like cars kawaii faces on it like it there's even like the one of the backgrounds is is super like neo um i don't even know how to explain it but it's like that anime aesthetic where everything kind of seems like neon muted colors like 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 violet and like Mm -hmm. blue and pink you know like that Oh, but I'm wearing (laughs) like and it's it feels very like video game-esque I mean it is a video game but like I don't know how to explain that aesthetic but it's it's just so cute and I Mm -hmm. die every time but don't play for too long because your eyes are gonna get strained from all of the moving (laughs) objects yeah the colors and the moving objects because the whole point of like those really kawaii things is actually to distract you from like missing the note right so Mm -hmm. it's just like when you keep watching like moving things. It's like when you would play like Tap Tap Revolution or like uh yeah. like those games with moving screens or like Guitar mm. Hero and then mm. afterwards like you look around and things are still moving. <laughs> so yes, be uh healthy and have fun, y'all.
0: Yeah. Uh what's it called, Noelle? Oh, it's called Muse Dash. Muse Dash. <laughs> Did I not cool. say? <laughs> I don't I don't think so. I feel I like
1: know. I did, but it's Run okay. It it's it's good. <laughs> Run it back. Uh, Muse Dash M-U-S-E and then dash like the the kid in Incredibles that runs really fast. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, thanks for sharing that Noelle. I love rhythm. I'm not a huge gamer, but I love rhythm games, so like I'll definitely check it out. Yeah. Um yeah, my rec this week is a graphic novel. Uh it's called The Best We Could Do by T Bui. Uh last name or the, it's spelled T H I B U I. Uh she's a Vietnamese American or no, yeah, she's a Vietnamese American author and um comic book artist and like comic artist, and The Best We Could Do is basically about is her story, um, and how her journey with motherhood has kind like kind of relates back to her parents' story because she's the daughter of Vietnamese refugees. I love it because it, com- it combines two of my favorite loves like Asian American storytelling and like narratives, and also comics and Yeah, like, and art. yeah, it's That's like so a cool. three hundred page novel like graphic novel but honestly I read it in a day it, it's so good and the art is gorgeous so highly recommend you check it out uh um, oh, that's yeah. really and nice I, it's
1: so good. it sounds like I, I feel like that's such a an interesting take like I in, in the sense that like you don't really hear a lot about like those kind of stories you know
0: oh of course yeah so it's great yeah. that especially
1: that it's a graphic novel
0: I love that mm-hmm. Yeah, and, like, also um, to our listeners, if you play Muse Dash or you read the best we could do, um, let us know. Yeah, what you think about I want to know. I to have a conversation with you. Please. If you're going to be there. <laughs> I want to know, oh bitch. We're going to get copyrighted by Arl <laughs> <laughs>
1: Wow, do but, I sing that well that it's, like, basically the same? <laughs> <laughs> okay.
0: I don't, but, yeah. okay. So, <laughs> So, uh, the last thing we wanted to do is introduce a new segment, uh, called community spotlights, where we want to continue to support and uplift the other, um, fems, other, uh, BIPOC, like queer folks in the community who are kind of, yeah, like saturating the, the very white, very cis, very male media and, um, like fandom sphere with their art and with their creations. So th- our first spotlight uh, is a little brand called The Penguin Creates. Yeah. And you do you kind of want to talk about them? Yeah, of course. So uh, The Penguin Creates
1: is a small DIY business that specializes in custom gifts with a nerdy slash weeb touch. NJ, a plus size full blood Philippine X. <laughs> is that how you would pronounce it? Yeah. yeah, Filipinx.
0: Filipines. Yeah, Filipinx. Filipinx.
1: Yeah. So NJ, who is also a really great friend of ours.
0: <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: I call her mamas. <laughs> uh, <laughs> just, they originally created the Penguin Creates on Instagram as, uh, her, as her own creative outlet at first. And eventually built it up into a small business once quarantine hit to raise money to help frontliners and donate to causes like BLM. She hopes to continue to expand her skills and continue creating to pass down these skills to her daughter, Nova. Oh, So cute. So yes. cute. So
0: I literally have four plus very many lots of masks. Oh, same. I
1: literally have mine right here for those oh who God, are watching are we, on YouTube. Yeah, where's
0: mine? Okay. We said kiss, kiss, this- cover your mouth. I also have that one, but the one that I have now is Avatar. Oh my god, I have that one too. Kiss, kiss, wear a mask. Kiss, kiss, wear a mask, bitch. So yeah, it's Mm -hmm.
1: masks. She makes masks, stickers, really cute stickers. Everything's super kawaii. But yeah, everything Mm -hmm. you imagined that you would want on your pandemic preparedness gear, she can make. So
0: (laughs) check her out. Yeah yes please um please uh visit her etsy store send some love we're planning a uh collaboration with uh the penguin creates very very soon so make sure you're following us on uh instagram at fandom femmes uh for more information about that because we're also going to be talking about civic engagement in the future yeah 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 yeah, but that's a conversation for another episode. Uh, until then, thank you so much, everybody, for listening today. Uh, I'm Justine. I'm Noelle. And, and be you, be you, be free, free and, and don't, don't fucking touch, fucking me! touch me <laughs> <laughs> without consent. Period. Okay. Bye, everybody. Bye. <laughs>